Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alrighty. Um, well, I'm Hunter, uh, known as some mutts in a Mao on Instagram, Hunter Bailey on Facebook, whichever. Um, I started started in dogs kind of late compared to some people my mom was not big on dogs growing up so i had dogs here and there i've got a little pit bull terrier mix thing she's old as dirt i started non-competitive weight pool with her just learning to do the things i didn't have a lot there's not a lot of options for those things in new mexico and when i was 17 when i moved out i definitely didn't have time or money to go do those things so i was doing them in my backyard just trying to learn the ropes um, when I turned 18, I went and bought a Catahoula, which not a great choice for a first working dog for someone that's never had their hands on one for their own personal pet, but we made it work. I wound up doing dock diving with him, bite work. He did his ACAL one and two. Um, and then they have like the ZWPs in over in the UK. They did something similar to that. Uh, for the press of Canarios and we went out there and played press of games and I mean he scored decently well for a complete and utter off breed that no one expected to do anything um, after that I wound up with a little shelter Malinois that I thought I could just make into the biggest baddest protection dog there ever was she won't bite a flea off her own ass mm-hmm. um, she's a great dog I still have her she's one of the few washes that I've kept I've had a couple that I just didn't bond with whenever they came and went. Um, she does, she's really just a demo dog and pet dog at this point. And then I got into Malinois. I really wanted a Malinois so bad. And then I had met a friend that had this pit mal mix and he, his name was Killmonger. He uh, is now a detection dog last I heard. He, I met him, loved him watched him work on a tug watched him because they didn't do much bite work with him just because the dude didn't have time he had what it took he just didn't put it into him and then he sold him as a detection dog loved how he looked loved how he acted i've always my father i grew up with bull mastiffs pit bull mixes bullies whatever people want to call them today pit bull type dogs um and I always loved the bully breeds, but I loved the Malinois, too, because they could do all the things. They were so smart. They were so athletic. Um, I actually deal with more Malinois than I do mixes just because they're not as widely available. And then I wound up with Prophet, my bull herder now. And he he was my dream dog. And, I mean, he still is. He has things I can approve on, of course, as I'm not going to say he's the world's most perfect dog because he's not. And none of them are. But uh, he's everything I wanted in a dog. He's got some things, like I said, I would fix in the next generation. I plan to fix in the next generation per pairings if everything goes well. But I'm a small girl. I wanted a dog that could do personal protection. He'll do it. I wouldn't recommend trying him, but he'll do it. Um, He's also super flashy. Anyone that's seen him on Instagram knows that my obedient, I take a page out of the IGP book when I do obedience 
I do PSA mostly. I want to dabble in the new sport, K9 Street League. Um, it's just not widely available on this side of the world right now. It's mostly in California. That's where they have all their trials. And that's a 20-plus hour drive with a dog that I cannot fly on a plane because he's not super social. He doesn't bother people, but he has no desire to be in an airport. And I have no desire to have him in an airport. Um, so maybe when that becomes more available on my area of the world or the east coast whatever it may be we'll dabble in that more right now we just work in psa um i've been involved in psa probably for the last four years pretty solid like i said i had my little wash dog that i did my best tried to get her as far as i could thought maybe i could get a pdc on her she she can do all the things she can't handle decoy pressure though so i was not willing to put her on a trial field and let them run her and her possibly be her temperament you know she's soft i didn't want to ruin her i like enjoying her as a pet dog she's fine just like that but then i got profit who was a little slower to mature because the bulldog blood is what i put that towards it they're usually his sire owners told me the sire didn't really pop until three years old completely um so about we just did a bunch of puppy stuff up until about five and a half months old and then he started coming to club more often, doing more things. Um, he was showed a lot of heavy pressure in the beginning, which isn't my favorite way to do things, and I've learned since then. And even in the four years that I've been involved in the sport, it's changed and the training's evolved a lot. Um, we did get our PDC back in March. Uh, at He was 17 months old. It's quite the showing. Um, anyone that knows and saw the first day he decided he was going to go out headhunting second day we came back and killed it uh currently working towards his psa one but i decided to take the rest of the season off with him in terms of trialing just because talking with people doing a bunch of things most people don't trial their dogs at 17 months old there's a few dogs that have there's quite a few dogs that have but we're, most people are working, waiting until about two, two and a half, and they're trialing their dogs for their PDC. And these are Malinois that mature a lot faster. So I decided to give him the rest of the season off. We're going to let his brain grow up. He'll be two next month. Um, and I think it's been really beneficial for both him and I. And I think it's important because I get a lot of people that ask me, oh, would he be good for this? Would he be good for that? I would love one, blah, 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 yada, yada. He's a mixed breed. So... There becomes a lot of genetic, you know, what's going to happen. He's a first-generation mixed breed, so we didn't know what what the hell was going to happen in terms of temperaments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because we liked both parents, but that doesn't mean that they're going to turn out like their parents or whatever. Um, I tell people it's important that these, from what my experience, the mix is not going to – some of them do come out of the gate like a Malinois, very hot-headed, ready to go. Some dogs, like my dog personally, after, he didn't start really working until after teething because it just it wasn't super interesting to him. And now all he wants to do is work. But I think a lot of people forget that dogs mature differently and breeds mature differently, and especially when you take those bulldog breeds that are known to mature slowly and add them to something like a Malinois, people expect the maturation rate to jump right like a Malinois, and it doesn't. It, it can, but it doesn't always. 
in terms of the mix and what I like, I really like my biggest thing with this dog is his off switch. I didn't have to train that. I've had a bunch of Malinois. There's a few that are unicorns and have great off switches naturally. But 99.9% of them don't. And I know everyone wants to brush them however they will. They don't. They're, we've bred them to be so fucking crazy that they just don't settle like they want to. I like the settle. I like that my dog has is an aesthetic thing. Like my dog has a little bit of a beefier head. He's more attractive to me. Um, some of the mouths I see, I don't like the, the bicycle seat head dogs. Um, some of them, depending on which way you go, can be a little a little too twitchy for me. And honestly, in my dog's temperament, where you see his twitchies and his bite work, he just, when you add his father, who is the Pip, American Pitbull Terrier, super drivey, his mother, who is super drivey and a little edgy, um, he's sometimes got more drive than he knows what to do with, and he loses clarity, but that's something I take in stride and know how to work with and handle with. Is it the best thing? No, but we're working through it. And some of that was foundational and my fault because I was working with people that were like, hey, let's just, you know, build, 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 and we'll cap it later. And then now when we're capping it later, it takes a little bit more out of you and out of the dog. He's got to learn how to think all over again. Mm. Okay, so originally I wanted to be, I wanted to do Schutzen, IGP, whatever, that's... When I took my Catahoula to at 10 weeks old, they laughed me off the field. Why would I bring that dog out? What? Why did I get a Malinois? Blah, blah, blah. I bought this dog for $300 off the internet. He was nothing special. I was a young kid. I was just trying to do what I could and make do with what I could. And I have nothing opposed to making do with what you can. Because I've seen plenty of rescue dogs do great. Um, from what's changed in PSA, I went from IGP to PSA pretty quickly i originally wanted to do mondio but resources are so limited for that sport and especially in new mexico at the time um for psa the training has evolved quite a bit just in the four almost five years i've been in it i watched dogs because i've been to many many trials even without a dog not no intention to trial just sitting there watching i drove four or five hours just to trials um i'm watching dogs that you know would kind of just walk their handlers through the obedience type things the obedience for example walk dogs watch dogs walk their handlers through obedience and nowadays that would never pass because i think especially with the instagram thing and the facebook thing it can be just as good as it is bad because you know people have their shit to say no matter what you do blah 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 but the ability to share all that information and talk to people consistently and ask all the Facebook groups asking people for advice and even, you know, your tight-knit club groups and et cetera, everyone's changing a lot. And especially with all the younger handlers. I'm a young handler myself. I'll be 24 next month. Um, I, I feel like it used to be, like, when I just started, when I was at 17, 18, with the IGP club, all of it was older people and there's nothing wrong with that but they were very older like set in their ways what is this young girl doing here blah 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 and now in PSA I when I first started I saw you know a lot of older people just because that's who was into it I guess and who had the accessibility to it 
now it's become a thing where there was, uh, I believe, grassroots canine in Canada. Their eight-year-old daughter put a PDC on a dog, which I'm sure they helped a lot. But things like that are really impressive for me to see because you didn't see that just a couple years ago. There was no kids on the field with dogs. Um, and just watching, even I've seen 15, 16-year-olds that outhandle some of these older people that have been at it for 15 years. And uh, that is a big thing for me because I can remember a time where it was, you're too young, you don't have enough experience, blah, 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 yada, yada. And now I've got older people asking me, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Hey, can you spot me with this? Um, at my own personal club that I train with, uh, not my club, but the club that I am a part of, uh, they ask me for help with healing and I'm the second youngest person there because my dog's very flashy and I put a lot of work into it and I, I enjoy teaching people, but it also help it helps you feel good about it when people are asking you for help now as a younger person. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like I said, just a couple years ago, even if my dog's heel looks good, nobody's going to ask me for help because I'm the younger person. I haven't been in it long enough. I don't know what I'm talking about. And now it's like, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you're capable, you're capable. Um, it's been one of the most impressive things. One of the things that I don't like that PSA came out with, and PSA is the only bite sport I know of that does this. They gave us a second leg on the level one, which kind of sucks. It originally was, you know, just like Mondio, IGP, all that. You get one you get one time to pass, and you pass. You get your IGP one, Mondio one, et cetera. Uh, now PSA, to do it twice. And the upper levels, of course, are twice. Oh, and I just said in the same aspect, like, with the internet stuff with PSA, I feel like it's gotten a lot of exposure, and it can be both positive and negative, just because, you know, now everything's out on the forefront on the internet, no matter what you do. Who's been some of your mentors in uh, the dog game? So I started with um, Deb Vihu, a vigilant canine, and uh, she's in Moriarty, I think, is Edgewood, whatever area, it's right uh, east of Albuquerque on I-40. She uh, she started, she was in Presa, she's in Mal's now. Um, her dog, Anibis, he just recently was put to rest. Uh, 10 years old, highest titled, Presa Canario in the United States. I was absolutely enamored with her obedience, what she required out of dogs. The fact that her Presa was getting so far. Um, and the fact that she, she watching her train those Presas was impressive to me because they're slower moving dogs. You know, they don't mature as fast, but Deb had Malinois level obedience. I'd heard many of people say that she was doing shepherd tricks with her dogs, and it's like, nah, she's just putting in the work. It's not, this looks good enough, she wants it to look great. And that was always super impressive to me. Um, I worked with quite a few people, and it wasn't necessarily like a club hopping thing or anything. It was just like, whoever's accessible and will let me come out, I'm willing to come out and hang out with you guys, I'll catch your dogs, I don't care. Even if I'm not the best decoy out there, I will do what I can just to be out here to be able to worry. Um, currently now, I am under the wing of Derek Rose with Dallas Cannon. 
uh, Jared Fulton, their, one of their decoys is actually the guy that brought me out. Jared always talked to me at trials. It was always really nice to me. And I was actually had went through a phase about a year ago where I was frustrated with the club that I had just left with personal reasons, not worth getting into, but frustrated, didn't, was just feeling defeated in dogs. And I messaged Jared out of the blue because Prophet is a working dog. He's been raised to be a working dog. He's been worked two, three times a week his entire life. So to take that away from him didn't feel right to me. I was like, hey, I don't really want to do, I'm not really trying to do sport or anything anymore. I just want to work my dog because he needs that outlet. And that's where he's happy. So, hey, can I get a private lesson? He was like, yeah, or you could come out to club for free. And I was like, okay, cool, because I've watched the Dallas Canine crew. I've watched their dogs trial. I've watched them decoy for years. They've always been super impressive to me. Derek has a PSA 3 dog. He produced another PSA 3 dog that's owned by our, like, neighboring sister club, whatever you want to call it. Um, Baron Carrollton, we're in Kaufman. So we're about an hour and a half from each other. Uh, Koi Fam, his dog KP, is out of Casino, who is Derek's uh, level three dog. And just, like, in the club, for example, my dog currently has the lowest title at a PDC. And that was super impressive to me. Everyone else is in the twos and the threes, and it's consistent across the board. Um, there's people, you know, that like to say, oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, but there's nothing to show for it. At a certain point, if you want to be super competitive, which I do, and I know that my bull herder might not beat Malinois on their best day, but we're up there competing with them, and that's all that matters to me for my program is, like, I want to bring them up to just like the Malinois, which you can have your preference and like Malinois more, but I want to see the people around me training those dogs to that high level, and then I want to be up at that high level with them. Even if I'm not outscoring them, I'd like to be up there be like hey we did it um so i went with deb i've been with derek um i did train with daniel morris at north texas working dogs for a little bit and then i wound up moving to houston did some things in houston and then came back up here after leaving a club down there and i've been working with derek and them ever since and Honestly, it's probably been the best thing for my dog because I was at a point where I didn't ever think my dog would out, much less be able to disengage with him just because he'd been brought up so, so crazy. Um, lots of pressure, lots of this, lots of that. And he handled it, whatever. It's fine. But I've come to realize what's the point in having sport dog, personal protection dog, whatever you want if you don't have control over it. I've noticed in this working dog world, You've got people that see like I do, and you've got people that are like, I don't care. I want them to nuke everything and anything in sight. What good is a personal protection dog? Because I'm backtracking a little bit. I'm a firm believer in the right dog can do both. Um, may not have a super high level personal protection slash sport dog, just because, you know, training might conflict a little bit. You know, you don't want control in certain areas. But what's the point in having a personal protection dog that can't leave your house? or has to wear a muzzle when they leave the house. Are they personally protecting anything at that point? It's just the liability on a leash, and that's one of the big problems I see in the bite work lately is because, like, everyone loves these hard, nasty dogs, 
which they're great. I love them too. I like my dogs a little sharper than some people too. I like a little bit of edge. That's my own personal preference. But at the same time, I expect, I need to be able to walk my dog through a pet store. Does that mean that I expect him to be friendly if a dog comes rushing at him in his face? No, but I'm not gonna put him in that situation. I'm gonna, hey, hey, not the time, not the dog. Um, but I need to be able to do those things without my dog coming flying off the handle, possibly biting me, biting someone else, biting their dog, etc. There is no point in having a dog like that to me. Honestly, like my dog, if we're being honest, I don't know if he's personally protecting or if he just likes to wreck shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's fine by me because he gives off, I've been told before, he gives off very do not pet me vibes. Yeah. He, he He's not a big dog either, Prophet. Everyone... I, people say oh he looks like he's like 70 pounds always 50 pounds on a good day <laughs> but he does what he needs to he gives off if i'm traveling by myself etc whatever he gives off the vibe he needs to i yeah. can pump gas at two in the morning have him next to me and i feel i feel fine because they're gonna get close and if you're gonna get close enough you're gonna find out yeah. um and he's gonna give you the time to react Yep. Exactly. Yep. And I live in Texas, so if it comes down to it, it's not my dog you have to worry about. <laughs> right. It's the concealed carry in the car that you have to worry about. Yeah. Um. I the last the biggest dog I've handled in recent times was the South African Borble. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just doing pet training. There was no way in hell I was doing protection with him, and that's simply just because. I can't hold him back. We're going to have to back tie him to something. There is never going to be a time where I can hold him back. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're extremely strong dogs. Yeah, he was only seven months old and had, I don't know if he was 200 pounds exactly, but he had to be at least 170. Yeah, they're... Built like an absolute shit brick house. Yeah, they're crazy looking. Um... So what are your ultimate goals now with uh, with your training? What what do you uh, what's your future plans? So currently, so I have three competition dogs. Like I said, Kraken is the co-own campaigning situation, whatever it may be. I'm not sure exactly because I have a client to deal with with him as well. So it's not just what I want to do; it's what they want to do. I know we're going at least to his PSA one before he goes home. Mm-hmm. After that, we could do more. I don't know. Um, he's just kind of up in the air. Technically, already has his PDC. I'll probably redo his PDC just so I have everything on my scorebook uh-huh. because that's the kind of person I am. Profit, I would like to. That's my bull herder. I would like to get him into the twos. Will he be a three dog? I don't know. Probably not. He's a first generation cross in a sport dominated by Malinois. So if he's not a three dog, that's fine. If I can get him competing in the twos, maybe get a leg, maybe get both legs of his two, that's that's impressive to me because I look at all these other bull herder programs. Apex and Bull Vision in the UK are doing the most with theirs. But in the United States, I know of two other, they call them bull herders. I consider them band dogs because they're, They've got massive influence in them. Uh-huh. There's a couple other dogs with PDCs, 
but I'm not seeing anyone go past the PDC. They're getting a PDC calling it quits. Oh, my dog got the protection dog certificate. Look, I competed with them. And I want my program to have some oomph to it, something to stand behind. And a PDC, PDC in my eyes, which congrats to anyone that has one. I know I was happy when I got mine. It's a, a permission slip to play in PSA. It's not a title. It's the entry-level certificate. So I want, you know, I want something to see to happen with the breed. I want to make a name for more than just, hey, they bite shit and they look cool. I see people selling these dogs, these dogs as crosses, and they've got, all they've got to advertise these dogs is some backyard bite work. And people eat it up. But I, that's not what I want for my program. I want to hold myself to the same standard as the people that are producing these high-level Malinois, high-level German Shepherds, high-level Dutchies, etc. And yeah, I have a mixed breed mutt dog, whatever. You could have your opinions on him. But I want to be able, if I have a program, to hold my program to the same standard as everyone else competing. And then I also have, God, he's, what's today? I think he's six months old now. He's actually out of so Kraken is out of Casino, and so is my new puppy. Kraken is Casino Karma. She re- we, he recently lost her, um, so I have a piece of her at home. And then he Clout, my youngest, is out of Casino, and Cecil Brandon's dog, Puddin. And so far, he's he's a killer little guy. I mean. I've kind of slacked with him just because I've been working on the older dogs and I'm the more I get into this the more I'm like I can let this puppy if the puppy's got what it's got I don't have to take him to club four times a week I don't have to work him I mean I work obedience and stuff every day and make it fun do things like that but I don't have to grind bite work and all this if he bites he bites I know he bites and it's not like I'm gonna start doing outs and recalls and stuff with a six-month-old puppy because that's just not how I do things but so I don't need to drill these things on him constantly. And by this, from what Derek is, and I've talked about, I, I think I can get that dog into the threes as long as I keep consistent and keep working on him because he's already shown a lot of promise. Um, very, very social, very environmentally stable. My biggest issue with him, honestly, was when I first got him, if anything moved slightly, he'd stop eating. He wanted to bite. All he wanted to do was bite. So just feeding him in the beginning was difficult because he was like, yeah, I don't, the plastic bag blew across the floor in front of me. I could chase that. I was like, you could eat your food too. <sighs> but I mean, and what I like about this pup a little bit more than I like my bull herder is he's, he's more social. He's a little... He's a little mushy when people start touching on him. Like, he doesn't pee all over himself or anything, but he's just like, oh, just pet me, and it gets melty. But Prophet, on the other hand, is very, stay out of my bubble, and I'll stay out of yours. To a certain extent, I like that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like I like to have different dogs for different scenarios, yeah. too, honestly. Yeah. I have that wash melon while I'll take her to pet events and stuff, and she can do backflips and... Her people love it. Her command talk shit. She'll talk shit all day. People love that. Yeah. But I can take her out and do those things. I don't have to worry about somebody getting too close and she being like, "Not today." Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Cloud will be the same. Right now, he's kind of reckless out in public just because Malinois puppy things. He 
acts like a crackhead. He's not malicious or anything. He's just kind of intolerable. Um, Kraken, very social, out in public. He's the dog that, you know, I can go do a bite work demo with and then maybe let people pet him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Prophet is very much, if I'm going out to do things alone, well, my buddy's right with me. Because he's, he's no guardian dog. Like I said prior, and like we talked about prior, mm-hmm. but he's definitely, he's definitely with it. <laughs> so Catahoula's, first off, they're not herders. Everyone seems to think they're herders because the AKC mm-hmm. Foundation Stock Service has them listed as herders. You go to the NALC, their breed club webpage. It really says on the beginning of the page, this is a multi-purpose stock dog. They're meant to, you know, maybe guard your property. They may not be the best gardener, probably, but they can do it. They're jack of all trades. They can herd things. I wouldn't have them herding sheep or anything because they're kind of rough. Yeah. Um, they hunt, they track, etc. They're multi-purpose, do-it-all dogs. And this dog that I had, if I had him now, he'd be fucking fantastic. He was still pretty good for what I tried to do with him. Mm-hmm. I was 17 and a half when I bought him. I was, it was just, I wasn't raised in protection dogs and this, that, and the other. I was learning off the internet and what people would tell me. Um, and I titled him, but I didn't realize how much, honest to God, that dog was harder than any Malinois I've ever worked with. I didn't realize that he didn't have the same motivation level as a Malinois. Something else was more interesting to him. I could get fucked. (laughs) Um, and that's not in terms of like, if we were doing bite work and stuff, like he's in in that to win that, but like out and about, he'd be like, huh, the scent trail over here was cool. I had to build, I had to put a lot more effort into building a relationship. Um, motivationally, he's not the same motivation level as a Malinois. He, some of these things didn't entertain him. Like, yeah, the dog had ball drive for days, would love to play ball. But at a certain point, he was like, yeah, whatever. Like, you have to you have to bring the game to me. I'm not always going to bring the game to you. You know, you see the Malinois are getting people's laps with the ball, and they're smashing them into them. And I'm sure I could have built that in that dog, but naturally... That's not him. He can find, he could find enrichment in the world. He didn't have to find it in me. He was smart enough to know, hey, not everything comes from her. He was a little more stubborn. He could, dog would eat corrections like they were going out of style. Granted, I'll even say it myself. I probably didn't give the most well-timed or well-placed or even hard enough corrections for said dog. And they'd be different now if I knew what I was doing. But he'd, eat, he'd look at me like a joke sometimes. I'd ask him, you know, try to get him not to do things. And, oh, whatever. Meanwhile, I got this shelter Mal, which she's not the best example of a Malinois or whatever, but it was night and day. I taught her how to focus heel and all this, that, and the other in a couple weeks of having her. Granted, she's a nerve, she's kind of a nerve bag, so a little nervous that I had to train through those things and I got taught how to train through those things with her and she taught me how to you know eat, teach a dog the world isn't scary and things like that I didn't have the pro- those problems with Catalula super confident but also when it came to teaching things they were more on his terms than on my terms my Malinois all of my Malinois are like we can work we can work all the time you got a ball like you got a reward We're, I don't even have to have a reward I can pick up a piece of grass off the ground and the Malinois are like fuck yeah let's do this 
cat hula would have been like, I just watched you pick up a piece of grass. That's, <laughs> that's not worth anything to me. Yeah. Uh, he also was just, they're loud. They can be really loud. And I lived in a one-bedroom, second-story apartment. Did he howl or did he just bark? He would bark. And he was also very, like, uh, vocal people walking, coming past doors and stuff. He'd he'd let you know they were there, but in an apartment complex, they don't like that too much. No, no. He truly, I mean, he... for. I don't do hunting and stuff like that, so I have no idea if he would have been worth a shit for that. Uh, but if I could have had him now for bite work and things, I would have. I probably would have tried to at least get a PDC on him just for shits and giggles, just to say that I did it with a spotted dog. <laughs> How do you think that translated into your ability to train dogs now? Like, do you think it that experience has helped you because it was such a an off breed and in that you had to work probably extra harder to do some of the things yeah um so in like in the bite work is just like when they do bay stuff they're kind of in and out that too so getting him to be in there all the way and not not even try to back out out of like nerves or anything he's just used to you know they're genetically get in there, get out, get in there, get out, save yourself. You're, they're bred to fight 500-pound ranked boars. They're not bred to fight man. So they're thinking, I got to get in and save my own ass. Um, but in terms of, like, training Malinois and stuff, he, they were a breath of fresh air. I was like, damn, this dog just wants, like I said, I could pick up, I could pick up a rock mm-hmm. and be like, look at this. Let's do things. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do things. I've met a couple mouths that are a little harder to motivate, but in terms of breed differences, it's night and day, and I think it helps me a lot because I'm willing to try a lot of things to motivate dogs, and that's pet dogs, working dogs, etc. I'm willing to do a little bit more than some people, and even with my wash Malinois, I put a, I did bite work with her for three, three and a half years. I just eventually got to the point where I was like, all right, let's put the scenarios together, and she would have ran on a trial field, so I never put her in that position. But I learned, how do you build up this weaker dog? How do you build up this dog that doesn't want to do, that's not bred for these things? not that he didn't want to do them. It's just like I had to go against genetics partially because that's not what he was bred to do. They're not bred to fight man. That's just not what they're, it's not what they're for. Um, I also got very used to because I've always been team off-breed. Um, I had a little American Pitbull Terrier that I recently sold. She just didn't turn out. But I would like another one in the future. I've always been team off-breed. And with that Catahoula, I learned very quickly, there's always going to be a group of people that hate you for that. They're not going to understand why you wouldn't just get a Malinois. Why you wouldn't just get a German Shepherd. First off, I will never own a German Shepherd. I just don't like them. They're not my can of... They're just not, not my vibe. Also the blibbering whining noises they make because my dog leaks he barks and leaks and drives but he doesn't make this blibbering whine that drives me insane with german shepherds um dutchies uh, they're here and there for me i just haven't i don't see much difference between stripes and not um but there's people out there that are always i've been told this from the day that i got 
any of these dogs or was doing anything with these off-breed dogs, why wouldn't you just get a Malinois? Well, I have a whole house full of Malinois. I like this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it gave me some tough skin in that aspect because, especially with, I got less shit with the Catahoula than I did with the bull herder. And it's weird because it's almost like a lot of these can PB dogs are the same thing, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. I, I mean, I can't look at Duco too and see a shepherd. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like I said, I, I got more shit with this dog and I'm like, people do bite work with pit bulls. People do bite work with Malinois. Why can't I mix them together and hope that I got the best of both worlds? And in my opinion, I did. Uh, it gives you tough skin though because everyone I got so much shit with this dog I was posted in several groups on Facebook telling people telling me that the dog I got is just gonna maul children the ultimate like dog of destruction blah 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 and I'm like part of me was like well we do bite work I kind of wanted that um but he's almost two next month and he's yet to maul any children (laughs) yeah and I mean, I've made my mistakes. Like I said, my dog, I wish I hadn't brought him up with so much pressure and things like that because it it's created some issues and just like control issues, but we're working through them and him maturing and getting older, he uses that brain a little bit more. Um, but the, in this sport and things, you also find the elitist people. And what I like to say, and I've said it plenty of times, what are dog sports? We are advanced playing with our dogs. It's advanced playing with your dog at the end of the day. You don't get anything out of anything in PSA. I go out there and I pay to play. You don't, I don't, you don't pay me at the end of the day. I know Canine Street League just, they do pay if you win. But any of the other sports, like we pay to play. I pay to go out there and possibly fail. I pay to go out there and either look good or look like an idiot because I enjoy doing it with my dog and enjoy the hobby which i'm just i like to be competitive too don't get me wrong i want to do well i want to like i said i want to get him to be a bull herder with a psa too i want to get my little malinois puppy to a three if i can um i enjoy being competitive i enjoy being up there i enjoy getting good scores but at the end of the day i'm playing with my fucking dog and we can try to be elitist as much as we want but you're playing with your dog that's what you're doing and people get very serious and, ah, uh, elitist Malinois, blah, 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 let's gatekeep the breed, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, you're just playing with dogs. That's all we're doing is playing with dogs. Let's not make it more than it is. People lose sight that we literally bred them for us. Yeah. If we didn't, there'd still be wolves and not dogs. Yeah, exactly. I, I hate to break it down like that basic for people, but that in the end, we bred dogs for us. To to have fun with them, work, whether we needed them for work, we don't, I don't need dogs to hunt my food. I know people hunt with their dogs to hunt. Realistically, at least in America, we don't need dogs to hunt our food. You can go to the grocery store. Like, we don't have to anymore, but we enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the pastime and doing those things. And I think it gets very elitist sometimes with certain breeds. Like, even the Catahoula. I caught a little flack in the group, in the Catahoula groups and amongst the community because I was doing protection work with one. Yeah. Yeah, it goes. The Catahoula, but the Catahoula people in the same aspect want nothing less than to be accepted by the AKC. I saw at least weekly posts when I was involved in all those groups. I had to leave because some of them 
just like the Malinois groups, they get crazy. People get crazy and nutty. And I saw posts at least once a week where they don't, they won't want to be accepted by that because they don't, they believe that the AKC and all that makes things elitist. And it kind of does in a sense. I don't think the AKC is all to blame, but I think the crowds that come with it can be. Uh, it's a big split in the Malinois breed. I'm sure you've seen. Oh, yeah. Large, yeah. Mm-hmm. large split. I've seen many of the... I mean, granted, I actually just had someone... It was an Instagram question. They were going off about how sport breeders are ruining the Malinois because they can't even be around herding any... Or stock animals anymore. At that point, I don't... We've read away from that pretty much. For the most part. You can't find them. And I hate that it's such a split. And I think they should be stable around livestock. Granted, some of my dogs aren't. But my dogs aren't purebred Malinois either. Mm-hmm. They're KMPV BRN dogs. Um, so I, I feel like the split, it's hard to watch. But also, it's it sucks because, you know, AKC. There was an AKC breeder that said that bite work makes dogs aggressive. And she said that on public TV, which it doesn't make them aggressive. They either are or they aren't. I know plenty of dogs that won't bite a flea off their own ass when it comes to, like, actual aggression. But they'll bite a suit, and they'll look great doing it. Dogs have gotten soft. I hate to say it. Like, the American Pitbull Terrier, everyone wants to say, oh, they're nanny dogs. No one wants to admit what they were bred for. And they were bred for what they were bred for. And we can't hide that. Granted, you don't have to do that. We're, nobody's fighting dogs. Like, I'm sure there are, but nobody's fighting dogs regularly. We have top dog events. We've got treadmill races. We've got this, that, and the other. Plenty of things to let those dogs be how they're supposed to be, but people don't like because they're dog aggressive. Nobody said anything about your little chihuahua that tried to eat the big dog 20 times. That's dog aggression. But when it becomes a dog that wants to be, that's big and can actually do damage, it's a problem and we can't acknowledge it and we try to dumb it down or try to pretend like it's not there and it becomes, we become soft and people are naive. I feel like very naive to what dogs are. Just like people are going to be mad about this, I'm sure. The purely positive movement, I'm not a big fan of it because I think it's hard to communicate with an animal that doesn't even communicate purely positive with itself. If you put a pack of dogs together, they're going to bite each other. They're going to growl at each other. There's going to be teeth. Somebody's probably going to get pinned to the ground because that's how they communicate. So how can we communicate with them? And I'm not saying go yank and crank your dog and make them scream in pain, this, that, and the other. But a little correction isn't going to, it's not going to hurt your dog because I bet you their mom did a lot worse when they were in the litter. The sad thing is, is I've seen these people purely positive that correct their kids harder than they would their dog. Yeah. I've trained dogs where I've had dogs try to eat me yeah. and correct them, and the parent of the dog falls apart. But I just watched you discipline the hell out of your kid, but because I told your dog not to maul me and saved myself, you're damn near in tears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. Your kid has far more emotional processing and regulation they're going to remember those things you're going to make an imprint on them yeah you shoo your dog away or correct them tell them hey no don't do that they're they're going to forget in 10 seconds as long as you didn't you know you like you said there's people that abuse dogs straight up abuse them and use balance training or the 
ability to use corrections as a a facade sort of like oh we're balanced no you're abusing them you're just being unfair and mean and but as long as you just it's a well-placed and fair correction that dog's gonna forget about it and he's gonna learn hey that wasn't cool yeah no and there's nothing wrong with that Uh, I do a little bit of everything, primarily right now, pet dogs and the competition dogs that I have. Um, I've started branching out and doing, because I guess, like I said, my healing is my favorite thing to teach, competitive healing. I've started branching out and doing a little uh, online lessons with that and stuff, meeting up with people, teaching people how to do that. Because I want to be competitive and whatnot too, but like I don't see any problem in sharing my knowledge and at the in my sport specifically, we're not competing against each other. We're competing against the sport. So why can't I help someone else score just as high as I do? Hopefully, this turns into a full time job for you. I would like it to. My goal is eventually, you know, I really would like to be able to be in a position where I can help people train. Their competition dogs are my favorite thing to train. I love competition dog behaviors. I love because the healing, all that stuff. It's just kind of hard sport people can be kind of cheap um and you know people want to build their dogs from the ground up and if they're buying green dogs it's usually police but police don't care about you know can the dog heal nah they just want to they don't care about all that fancy shit what about uh other sports with dogs that maybe Uh, don't have the the mindset but how are athletic and and the only other sport that I have competed in, or I've competed in two other sports. I've done fast cats, and I've done dock diving. I love dock diving, but I don't, I'm not as crazy about it as like the dock diving crew. Because I've been to some of those meets. I've been to some of those big meets. And those people are damn competitive just to be throwing a toy into a pool. Um I would like, I've dabbled in trying rally, but I've never actually trialed for it. I enjoy it because it's obedience and like, it's not scored. AKC wants different things and like PSA, like the peeling isn't scored. They want a natural heel so the dogs just walk by your side and call it a day. I would have no problem teaching people that. But the only problem with rally for me is I got to look down at the floor and look at signs. I get lost very quickly. Yeah, I would too. I did a mock rally course and stopped midway and looked up at the person that was recording me and was like, uh, I'm lost. At least with PSA, what I like most about my sport, and I, I mean, IGP, I know they don't, and Mondio, I'm not 100% sure. Mondio French Ray, I'm not 100% sure. Like PSA, you don't do anything till the steward tells you to. Mm-hmm. So, like, PDC, you go out there. Handler, are you ready? Yes. Forward. Figure eight the cones. Halt in the middle. Cool. Forward. Figure eight the cones. Halt in the middle for the PDC. All right. Down your dog. Heard? Down my dog. Leave your dog. Walk forward. Halt. Turn and face your dog. They tell you to do everything. And that's easy for me. Because I'm one of those people that's like, I'm going to forget something if I don't have somebody telling me or I can't look at the course. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I appreciate the people that can do it. But me, I'm one of those people that gets very scatterbrained. I can handle myself in PSA trials because I know what I'm doing. You asked me to go do a rally course right now and I'm going to flop. 
But I bet you if you six months of training, you would master it. Yeah. Only problem is AKC Rally won't let me have my dog in text. Yeah, that's a bunch of BS. I wish that would change. And that's why that's why uh, Sport Mixed Breeze should start their own program. I wish people would invest in good decoys. Or at least have a good decoy test your dog. And if you want me to buy your dog, there's a good chance. If, unless I have, you know, a long list of references, people work this dog, yada, yada, this, that, and the other. I'm going to come test it. And if you won't let me, then I'm going to assume that he's going to turn tuck tail. Because I've seen it plenty of times where people, you know, this dog's badass. He's great. Then why is when he biting his tail between his legs and he looks like he wants out of there? Or he's not even... Uh... He's not even engaging at all. And also, I feel like people are losing sight of prey drive. Because in my personal opinion, prey drive is the strongest drive. Defensive drive, I like a little bit of defense. I like edge, a little bit of edge. But I want a dog that's got more prey drive over a dog that's all defense. Because they're only defending themselves at that point. And... It takes too much. If I have to back that dog into a corner and damn near beat the piss out of it for it to bite me, it's not. That I don't care if you say it's all defense. That's that's not what I want. That's dangerous in the end. And he's not. They're not built for that. Obviously, find that dog a pet home. Right. But but that's just my opinion. I know people argue until they're blue in the face defense. It means that they're defending defense is this, defense is that. With the protection dogs and working them constantly, like, of course, I've worked corsos and presses and stuff, and they have a little bit more defensive threat, but also there's some really good presses out there that work like Malinois um, because they've been cultivated the right way and bred the right way. I feel like people are breeding too far away from prey drive, and especially in some of the mastiff breeds which prey drive is literally to chase, catch, and kill. Why wouldn't you want that instead of defend myself because I'm in danger? Especially if you're looking for protection dogs or seek and destroy, whatever we want to call it. If that's what you're looking to do, sport, personal protection, what have you, you need a dog that's willing to chase, catch, and kill, not a dog that's not willing to do anything until you're within five feet. If I have a dog that I'm wanting to do personal protection with you're going to wind up getting me killed if I have to wait for him to be five feet away from me for you to do anything mm -hmm. I want a dog that I can reach down and whisper to him and they're going off because that's the show that I want if I'm really using them for personal protection and I've had my dogs I've lit my dogs up before because I've like I said I've done things by myself I've been out pumping gas at 2am and there's a creep creeping around the parking lot and I'm like well we'll put on a show and then you'll never have to find out because most people dogs are a great deterrent absolutely but but your overly defensive pressa is probably just gonna hop back in the car and wait till they get to your car I don't want you to wait till you get to my car because then it's too late mm -hmm. exactly and I mean I know some nice presses uh, Brian Peel is a dog from Sierra Rios Mm -hmm. I don't know. The dog's name is Hammer. He's great. He's very balanced. He's, he's got 
I've worked him. He's got a lot of prey drive for Presley. He's got his PDC pretty young, too. They're going to work towards their one. Brian just took some time off with him because he's a Presley. He matures slower. Mm-hmm. And I really like dogs like that. What I don't like is these, like I said, because they're still massive breeds, just like, so they should be a little more, they usually have a little more defense, blah, blah, blah. I don't like this trend that I see where it's, oh, we're just going to back them into a corner and that's where they'll defend. That's not, I shouldn't, if it, if I got a back tie every time, if I'm expecting like a personal protection, or even out of a presser, of course, so I have to back tie them every time, then that means I always have to worry about, is this enough back pressure type thing for this dog to do anything? Mm-hmm. Is he ever going to do anything? Right. And I can't even, at that point, I feel like I can't even rely on that dog because a lot of these dogs, they're not going to get live lights. They're not. Um, it's just a show. And if I feel like I can't even use my dog as a show, then it, I can't use it. That's pointless for me. Mm-hmm. And we've bred, I've seen people breeding a lot of this, and I see a lot of people doing good work, but a lot of people breeding this super defensive dog, and it's like, they're not doing nothing until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And even if Corso or Pressa is your choice, and I love Pressa's, I plan to own one one day. I don't have the space for a 120-pound dog right now. But when I do, I will, I'm looking for a dog with that's naturally going to have some prey drive, naturally be able to work. I'd like to do sport with one just to say that I did it. But also I like that, you know, Pressa's aren't, they're not mouths. They're not, not even my bull herder. He's game bred pit bull, Jeep tombstone bolio on his dad's side. Uh, Earl did Tobiary on the mouse side mostly. Um, but he's got stupid drive. And like I said, he, I didn't have to train his off switch as much, but he's still more twitchy than most average pet dogs. He's not Malinois twitchy. But I would like a presser because then I can, you know, go do my sport work and then just have a dog that lazes around the house. I love I I love presses, but I've I've got a newfound love for a good corso too. They're just damn hard to find, honestly, damn hard to find at this point. Yes, my biggest thing is especially with protection dogs, and like I get a lot of people asking uh, or telling me, "Oh, I need a bull herder, blah blah blah." Yeah, yeah. I love my dog, but I know what he is. At the end of the day, my dog in the wrong hands very much could be a liability very much could hurt someone i know what he is though i take the precautions to keep him out of situations where i could wind up in trouble or he could wind up dead because he did the wrong he did what he thought was right and it was the wrong thing um i tell a lot of people and i don't try to gatekeep or anything i even with malinois i told a lot of people they're the easiest fucking dog i've ever trained and they don't need 24 hours a day work they don't i'm sorry if you work your malinois 24 hours a day there's a good chance they look flat all the time and they're bored mm-hmm. um i also don't think a dog that needs to be worked 24 hours a day is really completely stable like people think they are mm-hmm. like no dog should need to go constantly like that there there needs to be a rest period there's something going on in the brain if they need to constantly be fucking moving keep going blah 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 like, we need some sort of stability. Chill the fuck out. You can chill sometimes. Um, like I tell people, I had someone ask me recently, hey, do you think a bull herder would be good for Mondio? And I told them, it's not about what sport they would be good in. Would it be good for your lifestyle? Because, like, my dog, personally, it, it goes, especially with the F1 crosses and stuff, what went into it? 
I knew what went into my dog. I, the female was sharper, the mouth side was sharper, um, a little bit edgier temperament. I knew what I was going to get, um, for the most part. Granted, I had a good guess of what I was going to get. He was going to be an edgier dog. He is an edgier dog. He's not the world's most social dog. I didn't want him to be the most social dog either. Um, he's mostly neutral. I have to deal with dog aggression, which, like I said, my dog isn't seeking and destroying everyone's dog. But also, from another intact male puffs his chest out, he's all right, let's fucking get it. I, a lot of people don't seem to understand. Like, I have a lot of dogs that don't go out together, that don't hang out together. There's no reason for them to, because it's not going to do anything but be a bloodbath at the end of the day. And I see a lot of people because I'll gloat on my dog a little bit. He's a good-looking dog. I think he's a good-looking dog. A lot of people think, oh, he's so cute, I want one. You don't want one because he's cute. That's not a good reason for any dog to have one because they're cute. Yes, I believe if you want a good-looking dog, you should be able to get whatever dog breed you want so you can have a good-looking dog. But you also need to think about your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, like I've, I have friends over and stuff, and I put my dogs up. I have a couple dogs that can hang out with people, that I trust to hang out with people. Other than that, my dogs are put up, and my friends are, at this point, they're all aware. Like, hey, Hunter's dogs aren't your run-of-the-mill. We pulled up to a party, and the dog's hanging out in the party houses. That'll get somebody bit in my fucking house. <laughs> I really wish people would look at their lifestyle. Not so much look at the breed, but then look at your lifestyle, too, because everyone looks at the breed. Oh, I research. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. It's like, okay, you can do this, but do you want to live with it? Because that's your dog for the next 10 to 12 years. I mean, yeah, you can get rid of them. You can sell them, whatever you want to do. But tanking for the long term, that's that's your problem for the next 10 years. And a lot of people don't understand, like, Malinois, for example. I'm, just, I'm not going to put bull herders out there because the breed it's not as consistent as people want it to be. And I try to explain to people that it depends what goes behind each fucking dog. But like Malinois, for example, yes, there's ones that do great in service work. There's ones that great family dogs. How much training went into that service dog Malinois? How much training went into that family dog Malinois? It's what people don't look at. They see these older dogs and they're like, fuck yeah, it's great. Or they see this. See, I'm not big on service dogs, Malinois service dogs. I have friends that have them. They still don't recommend them because they're more work. It's a dog that, especially, like, I see it's a trend now with this psychiatric service dogs. I have nothing against them. Got my own mental issues, etc. Um, it's a breed that feeds off you. So it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't click to me why people want it. It's because they want to look cool. And it's like, cool, you want to look cool, but you, if you need this dog to help you, why get something that you now have to stress yourself out to train when there's a lab that can do it? And isn't going to add all that extra shit that you had to deal with. Yeah, like my my dog that I washed, she still likes to bite. She don't yeah. bite well. I mean, yeah, she's not she's no podium dog. She ain't even a trial dog. Yeah, but she still does Malinois shit. I yeah. can't leave her out in the house. She goes in a kennel when I'm not home because she likes to. She gets curious. She gets bored. She gets into shit. She'll get destructive. She's still a Malinois. Yeah, it doesn't matter if she's well bred or not. She's yeah. still a Malinois. No, when it's just like the American Pitbull Terrier, everyone. Larry, I am not sure if you know who Larry Hansen is. Yeah, I've heard the name. Mm -hmm. She said something in a podcast. Never count on your Pitbull not to fight. 
it doesn't matter if they leave. She's and she's been in the breed. She got the first and I think only French ring three on a pit bull on a game bred pit bull. I she's one of my inspirations. I love watching her, listening to her, like love what she does for the breed. But she's very honest. She said, "Don't count on these dogs not to fight. Right. Just because he's never fought in his whole life, what happened? A lot of these dogs, like my personal dog, I don't I don't like to let him get tastes of being scuffly because he can be shitty." sometimes it's it, it is what it is it's what he's bred partially what he was bred for like i can't deny those genetics and i see people you know like with the pit bull oh well my my game bred dog and they have pedigree on it whatever was great with pets till the end of the till his end of his days it's like cool you got the exception not the rule don't tell people that just because we give this false hope of well if their pit bull could do it so could mine and then this 20-year-old kid gets a hot-headed ass puppy that's tearing everything up in sight they're like well they said they could do it they got they got an exception they got a dog not necessarily that wasn't gay that wasn't necessarily not game or whatever but they just weren't as hot-headed and now you got a hot-headed puppy because you wanted to be like them and you you weren't prepared and you didn't want to listen to these people that told you hey don't ever count on this dog not to turn on and I see it a lot with puppies, too. The pit bull puppies are like, oh, he's great. He's great. He's great with dogs. He's great with this. And then dog turns, too, and dog wants to tear shit up. It's like, well, maturity does those things. I don't know what else to tell you other than you should have done more research and should have listened to the people that told you that this wasn't going to be a good idea. So, essentially, I want to get, like, a consistent 50-50 cross throughout generations, so then they wouldn't be 50-50, so, you know, like, we'll herder 50 mal, 50 pit bull, to 50 mal, 50 pit bull, and get consistency there. Uh-huh. Granted, probably not going to play out that way exactly, because I'm picky with what I want to do with my dog, who I'm going to use for my dog. Um, I've got some female herders that I'm looking at to take him to um, and then I would like to take him I want to take him to both a herder and a pit bull to see what I get out of those mm-hmm. and then make my way the pit, pit bull side is going to be hard because finding good good working pit bulls in the protection sports and stuff it can be hard there's people that are doing it but it's not as common um Essentially, like I said, would love to take him to another 50-50 bull herder. But right now, I've seen my options for females and et cetera. It's probably not going to play out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I would like consistency. I'd like, I like my dog's temperament a lot. But I wouldn't mind a smidgen more social because he can be a little sharp. Mm-hmm. And it's aggression behind it. Um I would like a little more mass behind him. Mm-hmm. Not that he's, I don't like huge dogs. 60, 65 pounds is my thing. He's a little light at 50. I would like a little more bone just because eh, uh, he's a little spindly, but he's also young, so that could change. Um, in terms of, I like the gameness, and that's not necessarily the dog aggression gameness. I like the we won't quit things mm-hmm. when going gets tough i'm not getting going i'm staying in i'd like to retain that i would like to 
keep this. I like the type that I got out of my dog. I would like to keep that a little consistent. There's some slight confirmation things I would like to fix. Like my dog's feet were a little flat in the beginning. As he's matured, they're fine. He's just got really long toes, so they look flatter than they are. But when he stands correctly, they're fine. Um, confirm his tail. I hate his tail with a fiery passion. He's got super bad gay tail, but it's that's just an aesthetic thing that I don't like. Um, I like the aesthetic feature of the, their faces when they're done well. Like his whole litter was pretty consistent. They all looked about the same. He's the biggest. The girls were really small. He's the only male. Um, I like the bitability the Malinois adds. I like both breeds bring athleticism to the table. Um, I would, like I said, more social. I would probably look at something females with maybe a smidgen less prey drive than him and not necessarily more defense, just a smidgen less so we can even it out because my dog loses clarity mm-hmm. when he gets so amped up because there's so much drive there. I'd also females with clearer heads than he has because he's not the most clearest dog. And I know that. And if you watch, if anyone watched this work, they can see that he's not always clear. He gets so fucking amped. He's like, I just got to go. And fuck what you said when you were telling me to go. I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I haven't had much issue with, like, noises or cans or anything. He'll hit, he'll hit a decoy, double can curtains. I had a stick issue with that. That was a foundation thing. We've mostly gotten over that. He just looked at the stick as a prey item because a decoy made it a prey item. So he's like, I can bite that too. And I was like, no, you can't. (laughs) Um, So really, I would like to make, essentially, make the dog I have now, but better. Because he's not perfect. But, like, more stability in his social temperament. Like, a little bit more size. Um... I don't have any complaints on his grips or anything. He's got full grips. Um, I don't have any issues with his, uh, like, heat tolerance or anything like that. He works nice. I've got videos of him working, and it was 107 degrees outside. So that's pretty much my program. And, I mean, my program, at the end of the day, I'm not really breeding to make anyone else happy but me. There's a couple people that want puppies off of him, and that's fine. I trust those people, but, like, I've also had randoms ask me for puppies and like, no way in hell, but that's kind of what I want that's out awesome. of him. Yeah, that's awesome. Honestly, being able to train competition dogs and then, like, pet dogs, and I would really like to get to the point where I can, like, hold actual classes with competitive healing and just help people with things like that because like PSA for example I love bite work bite work's cool but once you do it enough like bite work's cool you know it it is what it is dogs bite shit we know they bite shit it looks great cool pictures makes you feel good because your dog bites shit and it looks cool but I want to I like the control aspect like in the higher levels between bites and obedience Teaching those things is so fun to me. It's so interesting, breaking the pieces down, all that. I would like to be able to essentially, I guess, have a class or some sort of program that I can help people learn to do that. And eventually, 
teach a leash handling class because that is something I feel like people need bad. Mm-hmm. That is one of the sketchiest things I see with people handling dogs, especially new people, and it's not their fault, but it gets damn sketchy. Well, the way I see it is if I can post the 110-pound dog and I'm only 110 pounds and hold them back and keep my decoy safe, I can teach anyone else to do it if they're willing to learn. And if I can do it, so can the 200-pound grown man. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of people don't teach that. They're just like, just hold your dog. And it's like, okay, but a lot of people don't know how to hold hold that kind of weight. They're not used to that because the dog's already dragging them down the street most days. So how do you expect them to know how to hold them when they're trying to get after you? Right. But, yeah, I would essentially like to help competition dogs and, of course, pet dogs. Um, I like to do aggression rehabilitation and stuff like that, too. So I know Mike and them. I was at one of the decoy camps. I didn't certify, but I did my best. And I feel like I came close. Um, but... There was just, they have a slip catch that I don't think that I could do very well. It's kind of a difficult movement. And if you do it wrong, you can you can jam up a dog pretty bad. Um, so honestly, me not certifying for not being able to do that completely doesn't hurt my feelings. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Mike and them are super nice, super cool people. I went to their inaugural trial. I didn't trial because my dog was, he turned a year old like a week after I got back from it. Um, but I like I like the aspect of getting paid for it because I think that's cool. I, I like that incentive because we put in so much work with these dogs. So it, it feels good to, you know, win some money off of it. Um, I like the scenarios. Or, uh, PSA doesn't have, like, the most realistic scenarios. They, they can be, but they're a little, you know, theatrical in the same aspect. Um, street League, like, their carjack, you literally you drive the car on the trial field. Like, you only drive, like, 30 feet in a straight line. But you drive, and then you light your dog, you tell your dog, hey, guard, whatever it may be, and then you leave, and they have to steal your car or try to steal your car. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is more more realistic than the PSA one where you got your window open, your dog's already lit up, and, hey, can I get some cash? And then they stick their arm out there for the dog to bite. Um, versus Street League, they... They can't open any of the doors except for the driver door, but ash cheek and palm, ash cheek on the seat and palm on the steering wheel is DQing your dog. Um, for street league, also for their carjack, like if the dog is smacking the window, teeth bared, yada yada, you got full points. They can't even get in the car. That's the whole point of it. Um, they have a bag snatch, you know, where. You walk around a picnic table and you drop some stuff on the table. The decoy gets menacingly closer. You're supposed to keep your dog under control. And then they take off with your thing. Then you send your dog. I think that's a little more realistic. You know, somebody tries to rob you. That's probably what they're going to do. They're going to sit there and case the situation and then move in when they you have your back turned. Um, the obedience. I haven't looked at the level one obedience. They just released it not too long ago. But... The entry-level obedience is relatively easy. It just requires a lot of decoy neutrality. You have to weave through some decoys, weave back, recall them through splitting decoys. When I went to their trial, my dog would have bit <laughs> when the splitting decoys. Mm-hmm. He would have gasped. I don't even know if he would have done the serpentine at that point through them just because 
he was young and hot-headed. Yeah, I would, I would have drug him through it if he hadn't bit someone. But I like that it's, you know, it's a little more realistic. Granted, none of this is realistic in the end of the day. Because dogs know what bite suits smell like. Yeah, it's it's simulated realism. Yeah, but I like how it's a lot like it's a lot more realistic. I like the incentive. I like the people behind it, and I don't see a problem with another dog sport because, like I said, we're all just playing with our dogs. Why not make make some more? I I fully agree, and and I kind of like the idea that what what I saw of it is they're pretty friendly to a lot of different crosses, right? Oh yeah, Mike. Mike's worked my dog, Mike Jones. Uh huh. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he had nice things to say about him. Uh, he, I have video of him working him at the after the trial. I have him. He's worked him at the decoy camp. I've worked Ozzy, their big ass Dutchie. Uh, Mike started in pit bulls, uh-huh. so he was already off breed gang from the get go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that off-breed stuff. It's so cool. It, I love it. I yeah. love it. I think it's cool to take, even if they're not bred for it. Like, if the dog enjoys it, they enjoy it. And even if they're a jute junkie, who cares? So like, let, if, you take, if you take a Boston out there. Yeah. Because I see a girl, there's a girl on Instagram and TikTok that has a Boston. And he's not going to be no personal protection dog. He's a jute junkie. He he wants to just bite like it's a game, and that's fine. Go out there and do it. Who cares? The dog doesn't have to be real to do sport. No, I fully agree, and I'd love that. I'd love to see that. I I love little dogs. Shit. There was a doodle that got his PDC. You know his name is yeah. Toast, I believe. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to interview me and talk to me. I appreciate it. It was cool. Awesome. I'm glad you, uh, you you said yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day, Sean. Thank you. You, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.